I don't know who you are. Well, I know some of you. I don't know all of you. But I don't know if maybe you feel like your life is a grave full of bones. It's dry. It's dead. Serve a God who turns graves into gardens. You might feel like there's no way out. You might feel like there's no way out of this place that I'm in. Well, He turns seas into highways. You know what's cool about the songs we sing at eternity? They're, they're not just ideas. They're not just songs. It's not just, well, that sounds good. Graves into gardens and bones into armies and seas into highways. No, no, no. They're stories from the Word of God. <clears throat> and they're experiences that we've had in our lives. The story of a valley full of dry bones come alive, come alive, come alive, dry bones come alive. The Israelites were trapped between a, a sea and, and an army that wanted to destroy them, and God turned that sea into a highway, and they walked out it. And God used that same sea to drown his enemy. I don't know every person here, but I know that every person here, God loves you. That every person here, God has a plan for your life. That every person here, God wants to bless you today. That every person here is welcome in the house of God. Amen. Every single one of you. We serve a loving Father. It's Father's Day. But before we do anything for you, come on, it's, it's Father's Day. And He's a good Father. Amen. He's a good, good Father. And He's going to turn your sea into a highway. He's going to turn your grave into a garden. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome to Eternity Church. Happy Father's Day, dudes. Come on, happy Father's Day. Can Ladies, can you say it? Yeah, there we go. Hey, um, we've got a gift for every dude in church today, all right? Uh, one thing we know at Eternity Church is that not everyone who wants a child gets a child. I don't know why. I wish I knew why. But I know that that every dude has the opportunity to be a father figure to somebody in their life. And in a world where such a large percentage of young people grow up without a father, we need you. And even if you're not a father naturally, we just appreciate you fathering, loving, caring, praying for young men and women all around this place here. And fathers are one of the most stabilizing forces in a young person's life. And... Um, uh, you know, fatherlessness creates poverty, it creates uh, criminality and all sorts of other things. And so what we want to ask and what we want to do is just thank all of you. Some of you are fathers uh, because you had your own child. Some of you have chosen to be a father to the fatherless. And uh, so we want to thank every one of you. So happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. And, uh, even in my family growing up, my dad... Uh, was a great dad, but there's a season in time where uh, he was not so available for us. And I had great men of God in my life that ministered to us and cared for us. And so thank you, everybody. We've got a gift for every dude afterwards uh, out there. Every man person uh, gets, a, gets a gift on the way out the door after church today. And so if you could grab that, I think you get a ginger beer. No, an Australian ice cold ginger beer, right? Yesterday, someone's like, is it alcoholic? I'm like, no, have you never had a ginger beer? What's wrong with you, all right? Relax, all right? We aren't giving everyone beers at church, all right? Come on, chill out, all right? You do you, boo-boo, but we, <laughs> we're not providing it, all right? Come on. Uh, so you get a ginger beer and a Snickers, all right? 
Like, I just think that I know a lot of dudes in this church are like health conscious and, you know, and, 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 I, and I meet a lot of people and everyone's like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm losing weight, I'm getting healthy, I'm doing this. And I'm like, that's awesome and praise God. But I think that uh, a Snickers will bless your body as well today, all right? I, I just think... I just think that this one day, I, in fact, I read an article that on Father's Day, added sugars do not actually affect your body at all. That's what I heard. So, you know, so all you chiseled ab guys out there, eat your Snickers, drink your ginger beer, and enjoy it. All right? Come on. Can't argue with me. I got the microphone. So... If you're new to eternity, I just want to say welcome to church. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, can we give a great big welcome to any new person here today? <clears throat> glad you're in church. So glad that you're here. Thanks for coming. Uh, my wife, Lauren, and I, we, uh, we, we've had the pleasure of pastoring this church uh, for almost nine years. Uh, and I think we begin our 10th year soon, which is just ridiculous and exciting. Uh, coming up for our 10th year in America. Come on. Uh, my kids sound like you, and my dad gets mad about it. So, um, but uh, we love you. We're glad you're here. We've got a gift for you out the door as well. Not so. Not only do the dudes get a gift, every new person gets a gift on their way out as well. We've got a T-shirt and a couple other things. Uh, before I preach, though, I've got a couple of things I want to roll through. So if you're wondering why everyone's still standing up, it's because we're just in the sort of habit, custom at Eternity Church. We just stay standing for the main scripture of the day. So you good? Yeah. Cool. You guys are pretty rowdy today. I like it. All right. So, come on. Someone just look at your neighbor and say, stay rowdy. <laughs> Y'all are rowdy today, and I'm excited about it. But a couple of things I want to just reiterate, a couple of things I want to reiterate to you is uh, July 4th is a Sunday. And it's great, right? We get to celebrate freedom in our spirits and freedom in our land on the same day. And so that's super exciting. But I'm also aware that a bunch of y'all are going to go have a barbie with your mates on that day. And so what we're doing is um, we never cancel, all right, but we're going to combine. So we have our Saturday night service at 6 p.m., but on Sunday, we're going, to get, we're going to have a 9.30 service. So there won't be a 9 a.m., there won't be 11. We're going to do a 9.30 service and have everybody come to that. It'll probably be a little bit of a pack'em, stack'em, and rack'em kind of situation in here, but we'll be right, right? <laughs> It'll be good, right? <laughs> And um, so you, you, if you're into social distancing, um, Saturday night will be better for you um, than that day. And so it'll be all good. There will be an option though, right? It'll probably be Saturday night. Um, but, um, but what we're doing on that day as well is we want, you to, we want you to come to church and then go and advertise for us at your family barbecue. How might we ask? Oh, well, we're going to give you one of these sweet T-shirts so if you're having church on July 4th, I don't even think it's legal to not give everyone a freedom shirt. So every single person on that Saturday and Sunday gets a Jesus, Freedom, and Eternity Church shirt. So, and someone, someone pointed out to me in between services that it looks like Mr. Falco's got a, had ate something terrible and is having a bit of a wind behind him. Um, but... Y'all see that too now, don't you? You can't unsee that, can you? All right? But we ain't changing it. Staying like that because I like it. All right? So come on. <laughs> Shall we pray? <laughs> we should pray. All right. Come on. <laughs> Reach out your hands to your Heavenly Father. 
<coughs> Heavenly Father, I just thank you that every single person in this room uh, was created on purpose. God, I don't know the situation that's, that surrounded their conception, but I do know that in that moment that you brought something phenomenal and good into the world. And that God, even if their conception was not a great moment, that God, you can use all things to do good things. And that every person here is one of the good things that you brought into the world. So God, I thank you for every one of them. I thank you that you have heavenly purpose for each and every one of them today. And God, may, may we all just feel your fatherly love uh, just saturate our hearts and our souls today. And God, we just ask that you would use this moment to help us better understand your plans for our lives and how we can live in them. In the name of Jesus Christ, somebody say, Amen. Amen. Stay standing. I'm nearly done. All right. I know y'all are rowdy, but James 5, you ready for it? Cool. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. I love that this is a church that when you're happy, we rejoice with you. That this is a church that when you're celebrating, we're, ce we're not jealous. We're not like, sit down, shut up. We're like, yes, I'm so glad that God has blessed your life. We're going to rejoice with you. Amen. When you're sad, we'll mourn with you. We'll, we'll cry with you. We'll hug you. And when you're happy, we rejoice with you. Amen. Goes on. Is anyone among you sick? Let them cool. Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. Come on. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they might be forgiven. If they have sinned, they what? Therefore, since you're forgiven, right? Forgiven, right? Forgiven, right? Therefore, after that, confess your sins to one another. And pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human just like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed and the heavens gave their rain and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. Come on, that's a good word, right? I can go home now, right? Because that's a good word all on its own, right? All of the scripture is good, amen. Today I want to talk to you about why you need friends. So would you turn to your neighbor, look him in the eye and say, you need me. No, 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 before you sit down, some of y'all were like, you need me. And I didn't say to say, you need me. I said to say, you need me. Look him in the eye, say, you need me, and then sit down. You can take your seats. And, uh, hey, hey, and young men, if, if you're single and there's a good-looking girl sitting next to you, turn to her and say, and I need you. I will look after you, boys. It is my goal to be your wingman. That in every service... I am just creating opportunities for young men and young women to fall in love. If you're online, young man, listen to me. Come to church every service. I will give you an opportunity to say something sweet to a pretty girl. Church going to be full next week. <laughs> Come on. Listen to me. You're not supposed to be alone. Y'all know that? 
Good. Hey, I know I let you sit down, but you still got to stay rowdy and yell at the preacher today. Come on. You are not supposed to be alone. Too many people, they go to work, they go home, and they go to work, and they go home, and they go work, go home, go work, go home, go work, go home, go have Saturday off, go to church, go home. And then they hit repeat, repeat, repeat. But that's not how God designed you. God designed you as a social creature. See, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, God designed you to be a social creature. Whether you're a three or an eight on the Enneagram, God designed you as a social creature. Amen. In fact, you function better when you're being social. Your life works better when you're being social like God designed you to be, right? See, we're all designed to have romantic relationships, but also to have friendships, yeah? Remember last week? Who was at church last week? Give me a wave. Y'all, was that a good service for you? Come on. Just uh, helping you put words to some good godly truth in your life, amen, and, um, and full of grace, of course. But last week in that sermon, I talked about how there are four types of love, right, um, just briefly. But let me elaborate a little more for you. There's storge, eros, agape, and um, storge, eros, agape, and philea. Uh, and so there's storge, which is a familial love, right? Uh, that's family, okay? That's, that's um, my son and I. We have a storge love. Uh, Judah, my son, and, and his brothers, there's a storge love. Judah and his sister, there's a storge love. My wife and the kids, storge, you understand? That's a, that's a familial kind of love that, that brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and, uh, have with their children and, uh, and together, storge. <clears throat> but then there's an eros, um, which is where we get the word erotica or erotic, um, but it, it means more than just the bedroom. It's about romance. Right, that that my wife and I do not have a storge relationship. We have an eros relationship. We have a romantic relationship. You understand? And storge is not and never should be eros. Okay, love is not love in that sense. They are very different things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and then there's agape. Right. Agape is God's unconditional and unfailing love that he has for each and every one of us and for his creation. It's an unconditional, unfailing love that God has for us. And it is not eros, it is not storge, it is different in that God has an agape, a perfect love for us. And then lastly, there's phileo, which, um, which Philadelphia is named after this term phileo, right? And it means brotherly love. And uh, because of storge, which is familial, people can misunderstand this brotherly love. It does not mean familial love. It does not mean brother and sister in terms of uh, my son Judah and my, and my daughter Zoe. That's not what this uh, brotherly love means. It actually means more like brothers in arms, right? <clears throat> It's more like uh, Rob and I, we're mates, okay? We're mates and, and we have a philea love for one another and we, we love each other, but it's a philea love. We're good mates, right? Uh, it might be gals, they're sisters, you know, like the sisters club. You know what I'm saying? They stick together. They've got each other's back. They won't let you down. They're going to fight for you. They're going to defend you. They're going to back you up. That's a philea kind of love. Now, some of us, you may end up having a philea love with someone who is also storge. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like two brothers might end up being best friends as well. 
But, uh, and even in the church, each and every one of us, to some degree, are even storge with each other because we've all been adopted by our Heavenly Father as sons and daughters into the same family. You understand what I'm saying, right? But these loves are different. Today, though, I, they're all good. And today I want to talk to you about philea, right? Um, and, and why you need friends in your life. See, some people, men and women, will often uh, just retreat back and simply exist with agape, with eros, and with storge in their lives. They're like, well, God's agape love, I, I understand and I receive. God's unending, unfailing, perfect love for me. God, thank you. And they love their kids, and their kids love them back. They have storge. And then Eros, their wife or their husband, loves them, and they love them back. And, and too often, they, they're happy with just that. Like, that's it. That's it. I'm going to live in this safe place with this Eros and this storge environment in my home. Now, those two kinds of love, Eros and storge, they should totally be a safe environment Absolutely. But I want to tell you this. Now, remember that eros does not just mean bedroom and erotica. It actually is talking about that romantic wooing of each other, right? That romantic relationship between a man and a woman. That's what it's talking about. So I want to tell you that though you may enjoy all of those, that you still need philea. And that philea will improve your eros. And philea will improve your storge. Philea will even help you uh, be in a better position to receive God's agape. Amen. You still need philea. Amen. See, having good godly or righteous friends in your life will make you a better husband and will make you a better wife. Right? As you're inspired by them, as you're encouraged by them. Having good godly friends will help you be a better father and a better mother. Can I tell you that most of the good things that I do in my life as a father, I actually learned from somebody else. I, 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 maybe there's something I came up with, but I can't think of it. Almost every good idea I've had as a father has been something that I've been inspired to, to learn from my friend John or my friend Yam or, or, or my friend Gary or somebody else. I've, I've learned how to father from good mates in my life, do you understand? And so, so this philea makes me a better father. It makes me a better husband. And so today I, I want to talk to you for a second about why you need that. And listen to me, men, we're often the worst at this. Men are often the worst at this. Like I've even said this before. Like I've said silly things like this, but have you heard people say things like, you've got to look after the women, but men, the men will be okay. Right? You heard that? Like the, the men will be okay. And it's stupid because we need friends as much as our wives need friends. <clears throat> there are certain battles that a man needs another man to help him win. Right? Well, what am I talking about? Well, let's be brutally honest with you for a second. For example... Uh, when I was addicted to looking at things on the internet that I shouldn't have been looking at, it was men. It was godly men and friends who helped me quit that sin in my life. And if something like that was to ever creep back into my life or any other sin in my life was to ever become a problem again, it will be men, friends, philea, that help me overcome. Men, you need friends in your life to help you overcome your sin. You need friends that you can confess your sins, your struggles, your trials to, that you may not only be forgiven, but that you may be healed. Amen. That you may be healed. Ladies, you need friends too. We all can survive, but if we really want to thrive in the life that God designed for us, we need friends. In fact, Scripture says in Ecclesiastes 
Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I always found that to be hilarious, this scripture here. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. You ever wonder if God failed math class? Come on, let's be honest, right? Y'all ever wonder if God failed math, you know? It's like, you know, there's like a, a bunch of, uh, bunch of, you know, thousands of Amalekites going to fight them or whoever it is going to fight against uh, the Israelites. And God's like, you know what? There's like 5,000 of them and just take 100. I'm like, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so um, 4,000. I don't care if we got the best beasts on the planet. That math is bad, right? Well, just here, God's like, well, one person will get beat up, but two people are stronger because a cord of three strands is not easily broken. I'm like, wait up. One plus one, I learned, equals two. Who else learned that? Give me a wave. Did y'all do this thing in America where you, where you could like draw a one and then a plus and then another one and put the equals above it and below it and then say it equaled window? Did you do that in America? Anyone else? You know, one plus one with an equal window. Like, maybe it can equal window, but it doesn't equal three. <clears throat> I do know that, right? One plus one does not equal three. And I'm like, God, it doesn't equal three. What you talking about? Well, in Matthew, Jesus clarifies and shows us what he's talking about. And I love it when he does that. Matthew 18, 18 to 20. Jesus says, truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Amen. That's a good statement right there. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. Verse 19 again. Truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth, that if two of you on earth, how many of you? That if two of you on earth agree about anything and ask for it, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am also. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Why? Because you plus you is you, you, and Jesus. Come on, Corinne and Jenna is Corinne, Jenna, and Jesus. Amen. Where two are gathered, there I am with you also. And when you two get together and one of you shares a problem or a struggle in, the, in your life, the other one stands with you and Jesus stands with you too. And together you call down fire from heaven to bind that thing that's bothering you and to loose God's favor on your life. And Jesus is saying, let's go heaven, come on. Let's go heaven, come on. Why? You plus me equals three. Hallelujah. That's what it's talking about. See, God designed us that way. We're designed for community and for friendship. And when you as a believer full of God's agape love get together with another believer, God says he's with you as well. And powerful things are going to be unleashed in your life. Come on. Let me say this to you again too. I say this probably once a month. Congrats, you get it today. You ever see in scripture, God said, right, you know this, God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Right, you know that? So sweet, God's with me, right? Okay, cool. Cool, cool. God's with me. But then God says, hey, where two or more gather, there I am with you. And I'm like, wait, hold up. You're already with me. Because you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Right? Who else does this when you read the word of God? Anybody else? You're like, wait, you already said that. You know? 
And, and then God, like, well, it's, you know, like, it's you and it's me and, and he never left me and we're together. And so that's cool. And then he says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And I'm like, but you wouldn't leave me and we're together. But now I'm drawing near to you and you're drawing near to me. I'm like, what is going on? You know what God's doing here? He's showing you why we were designed for community and worship. See, he's not going to bail on us. He's watching out for us. He's with us. But when we get together and we call on the name of the Lord, at that moment, see, at that moment, we are operating the way God designed us to operate as a community of believers calling on the name of the Lord, asking heaven to invade earth. And it does. See, God will move when you pray. Absolutely. But there's a tangible, life-changing, powerful experience in the presence of God when believers get together and call on the name of the Lord. Can someone say amen? And that's why at church, in person, together, it's so important. And it's so lovely, isn't it? Right? Like our online experience, the worship's awesome. It's really good. We've got a dude hidden in a room up there all on his own. It's a dark room. And he's, and he's got like five monitors and he's picking which camera angles he wants to, to give everybody online. And he's wearing headphones and, and, he's, and he's listening to the audio at live and he's adjusting it purely for the online experience. So it sounds good in headphones and iPhones, right? And that's what he's doing. Y'all know that? that it's pretty cool. Aren't they awesome? They do a great job, right? And, and, and honestly, sometimes, sometimes it can even sound better up there because some of you aren't in, in, the, in the noise. See, we, we can cut you out of it if you don't have a good voice, right? So we can get it perfect up there, right? But, but, but it's so much sweeter in here anyway, isn't it? And we ain't even all trained singers. Hardly any of us are. But it's so much sweeter in here because we're two or more gathered in my name calling on me. There I am with you, drawing near to you too. Amen. There's something more powerful and life-changing and tangible about God's presence when we're together. And I'll preach sermons on the importance of being together, you know, and how you need to be in church every single week and how this modern idea that one out of every four weeks makes a um, regular church attender is a big fat load of crap. And um, I'll preach, sorry, can you say that in, in, yeah, I did. Anyway, and so, like, that's a load of garbage. Can I tell you that? That's, uh, that's like tipping God every now and again. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. To, like, the, 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 the Scriptures call us to make this a habit in our lives, right? Something we always do, right? And I can talk about that. I've talked to you and I've shown you the power of assembling together as believers to worship God and hear His Word preached. And, and I've even publicly repented for shutting church down in March of 2020 for a few weeks. And I, and I made a commitment that I will never, ever, ever do that again. Ever do that again. It's important to gather together. <clears throat> Amen. And I'll preach another message on that, on how God commanded us to do that soon. Or I'll add five minutes into every sermon every month. I don't even know, like I did today. But today, that's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about you need friends, I'm not talking about this. <clears throat> I'm not talking about your need to be in church, though you need to be in church. I'm talking about your need to have two that gather. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you having the two that gather. See, the scripture I opened up with this morning, it said, um, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. And I love it because immediately before that, he talked about you're forgiven, but you need to be healed. 
forgiven, but you need to be healed. You got an addiction? Forgiven, but you don't have to live in that addiction. You can be healed. It doesn't have to be the story of your life. Amen. See, this scripture, it's about healing. It's about victory. It's about winning. It's about saying, standing up and saying to the devil, you ain't getting one more year of my marriage. You ain't getting one more year of my, of my mind. You ain't getting one more year in this addiction. You ain't getting one more month or even one more week. I'm getting healed in the name of Jesus. I'm, I, I've been forgiven. I know I'm welcome in my father's house, but I don't want to carry this anymore, and I don't want to live in it anymore. I don't want to be affected and chained by this anymore. So I'm telling a believer, I'm telling a friend, hey, I got this problem. Would you stand with me? Call down fire from heaven. Would you bind this thing with me? Would you loose God's healing power on me today in the name of Jesus? I'm getting free, amen. That's what happens when two gather. Forgiven and healed are different things. You need to be healed, set free, have victory, amen. And it's when friends confess their sins and their struggles and their trials to each other that they find a healing victory, amen, and and honestly, the safest place in the world to admit that you screwed up or that you, or that you made a mistake, it's got to be the church. Because <laughs> if it's not, if, if the church isn't full of grace, nobody's going to come and say, hey, I messed up. <clears throat> no, nobody's going to, if they think that you're going to kick them out, if, they, if, if your friend that's sitting next to you thinks that, that you're not going to hang out with them anymore when he tells you his problem, well, he won't tell you his problem and he'll live in that brokenness for the rest of his life. He needs to know that you're a gracious, loving, kind person, amen. Safest place in the world to admit you have a sin problem is the people of Jesus Christ. We don't need you to be perfect. We're not offended by your imperfections. We don't, we're not going to celebrate your imperfections. We're not going to celebrate your sin. But you don't have to be perfect for us to welcome you, amen. We won't unfriend you because you said something wrong or you handled a situation badly. We won't delete our photos with you when you get busted in sin by the media. We're okay with being called your friend. It's all good. In fact, what we'll do is we'll stand with you. We'll pray with you so we can see you healed and set free in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> and when we stand with you, Jesus is standing with you too. And together we will loose on earth freedom. We'll loose victory. We'll loosen the grip of addiction. We'll loosen the grip of your trial, your trial, your struggle. And what we loosed on earth, heaven is loosing as well. Amen. Come on. You need friends to hold your hand up. Come on. You need friends to encourage you to stay faithful in your marriage, even when you're tired. Sometimes you get tired in your marriage. Even good married couples, sometimes you get tired in your marriage. And you need good friends that are going to hold your hand up and help you stay the course and stay married and stay put and stay where God puts you. Amen. You need help to do that. You need friends that will hold your hand up, help you to keep your eyes focused on your wife and your God, not, not, not on the people on the side. Come on, you need, you need godly friends. Now, I know some people have messed up and maybe you've made a mistake and maybe you've cheated on your wife or your husband or maybe you've gotten divorced or whatever. Hey, I'm not here to shame you. I love you. God forgives you, but how now shall we live, right? <clears throat> like, let, let's not carry the same mistakes of the past into this new relationship, amen? Let's not punish our, our new spouse with the sins of the old spouse, amen? We, we want to grow. We want to get healed. We want to move on, amen? We want to live the life God designed us to live, whole, healed, set free, 
not living in that anymore, amen. You don't need to feel condemned if you made a mistake. But from now on, let's say, let's have friends that we can come and talk to and say, hey, hold my hands up. My hands are getting tired. See, you were designed to function best with good godly friends in your life. There's a story in the Bible about Moses and the Israelites being attacked by the Amalekites. Don't you love all the ites in the Bible? You got the Israelites, the Amalekites, the mosquito bites, the Moabites, the, uh, all the bites, right? <clears throat> got all these bites in the Bible, right? Well, one day the Israelites were being attacked by the Amalekites. And uh, so Moses was praying. He, he had his staff. And he'd hold his staff up and he's holding it. And he's got his hands up and reaching out to the Lord for help. And, and as Moses is praying and as his hands are up, the, uh, the Israelites are winning and destroying the Amalekites. And they're winning and they're taking ground and, and it's fantastic. Joshua's down there. He's fighting and, and he's killing the enemy and things are going great. But then Moses' hands begin to get tired. And scripture says his hands began to lower. And as his hands began to lower, the Israelites began to lose. The Amalekites began to take ground and they started to win. Shut up, Siri. There we go. And they started to win. <laughs> I don't know why she does that randomly. Anyway. But here's the thing, when his hands got tired, Aaron and Hur held up Moses' hands. <clears throat> and as Aaron on one side and Hur on the other side held up his hands, they began to win again. And they held their hands up until the battle was over, right? You need people to do that in your life. You need people that will hold up your left hand and hold up your right hand until you win that battle. Until you get through that dry season, you need people to hold your hands up. You need an Aaron and you need a her, amen. <clears throat> now listen to me, guys. When I say you need a her, I'm talking about a H-U-R. Guys, listen to me. Can I be really blunt and honest with you? If you're a married man, you do not need a H-E-R to hold up your hand. Your best friend should not be a woman. Come on, if you're a dude, your best, your best friend should not be a woman. In fact, I tell people all the time, when I do weddings, I won't do your wedding if you have a best woman or a man of honor. I won't do those weddings. You, you, that, you're setting yourself up for a problem later on. When, when you and your husband, or when you, sorry, when, if you're a dude, when you and your wife are having a problem, you shouldn't be going to a chick to talk about that. You, you, you need Aaron's and hers with a H-U-R. But ladies, it's the same for you. Come on. Hey, I know something about men, and I know some things they want from you. And when you're having a problem in your marriage, a dude should not be the one you're going to talk to about that. Right? And hey, ladies, if your husband's okay with it, he's pretending. He's not okay with it. And dudes, if your wife's okay with it, she's not okay with it. She's going to stab you in your sleep one day. Right? They're not okay with it. It's not a healthy thing to do. You need Aaron's and hers. And the girls need Steph's and Rachel's. Come on. Y'all need friends in your life that you can go to and say, hold my hands up. Hold my hands up. I'm losing at the moment. But did you know that even when you're winning, you can get exhausted? <clears throat> See, Moses' hands grew tired as they were winning, right? So even if your marriage is going great, you need Aaron's and you need hers. Even if your life is going well, you need Aaron's and you need hers. You need godly friends in your life to help you stay the course, amen? Don't drop your guard. 
Don't forget what God did to get you where you're at, amen. You need good friends that will fight with you, that will fight alongside you, holding your hands up in prayer and encouragement, fighting for you, amen. See, nothing can beat us if we stick together. Come on, nothing can take us down if we stick together and hold each other's hands up. Nothing can, nothing can overpower us when we're a cord of three strands, amen. You, me, and Jesus, amen. You and your friend and Jesus, amen. Come on, you need to gather. You need to gather. Is this good so far? Yeah, y'all good so far? Cool. This sermon has the power to change your life. See, I don't just want you to come here and let's assemble together. I also want you during the week to get together to make this even better, amen, and you stronger, amen. But I want to go to the second uh, third of my sermon. I've landed all the planes on time today, so it's going to be, you know, this weekend. It's been good. But like every good sermon, i got a punch for you, all right? <clears throat> every good sermon should have a little bit of a, <clears throat> don't, don't you think? Anyone think so? Like you want it to be like, that was awesome. Ooh, that hurt a little bit. But yeah, that was awesome, right? And so I've got a punchline for you. And punchlines tend to have a punch in them, right? Y'all want the, y'all ready for the punchline? Some of you are. Come on. Y'all want the punch now? All right. You ready for this? Making friends is your responsibility, not mine and not ours for you. Can't do that for you. You making friends is your responsibility. That's your job. That's your job, right? Like, I, I would love to magically just be like, all right, boom, boom, you're friends now. Woo! Can't do it. Can't do that. It doesn't work. It's your responsibility. Personally, I want to be friends with everybody. I, I, I do. Like, I'm, I'm that guy. Like, I want to be friends with everyone in the church, you know? And, uh, but I think now there's like a couple of thousand people that, that, that come to Eternity Church every month, and I'm like, I probably can't do that. And um, see, God did not anoint me as the friender of all the people, but he did anoint me as the local leader of this church, and he anointed me to preach the gospel. And if I tried to be everybody's friend, I wouldn't have time to love my family and focus on what God actually did call me to do, what God actually did anoint me to do, right, which is preach and lead my team. <clears throat> I wouldn't have time to do that if I tried to be everybody's friend. And I'm not saying that to be mean, but I'm saying that so that after talking about this being your responsibility, after church, so that I don't get 900 texts saying, hey, would the Newmans like to come over for lunch today? Or Because even just in this room, it would take us um, 300 weeks to get through everybody, right? So y'all know that's not possible, is it? Like as much as I'd love to be everybody's bestie, it's not possible. I wish I could, but I got a family and friends and staff to minister to and to lead. And I've got a sermon to prepare and pray over and practice and preach every single week. Like like 47 weeks of the year, basically. I got to do that. that. That's what God called me to do. And to not do that would be to neglect what God called me to do. Y'all feel me? You know what I'm saying, right? And so now some people are like, but pastor, we want... We, we just want you to give us a word. And I'm like, I will. On Saturday at 6 p.m. Or Sunday, 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. I got a word for you. Come on, well, I can't give everybody their own one. This one's for everybody. I prayed about it. I heard from God and this is the one. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? 
Now, again, again, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean but realistic because since it's impossible for me to be everybody's friends, if I tried, I'd be a bad friend. You need someone who's going to turn up on time when you need them, right? Not, not someone who you got to book in with my assistant and she tells you in nine weeks he's got a gap for lunch. By then, you've already fell off a cliff, right? You, 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 that's not what you need friends that can stand with you tomorrow morning and hold your hands up. Amen. Come on. Is this good? Some of y'all are like, well, I think you're just lazy. Okay, cool. You find the hours in the day, <laughs> right? It's impossible. I can't be everybody's friends, but, but, but there are people here who can. There are people in this room right now who'd be great friends for you. People who could take you to coffee. People you could take to coffee. Who? <laughs> I can initiate it. They're sitting next to you. They're behind you. There's some people in this room where you have numbered the hairs on the person's head in front of you because you sit behind them every single week. <laughs> waiting for me to introduce you to them. Come on. You'll meet them in the lobby after church. Honestly, the best friends you'll ever make are the friends that you make. See, some people want to be handed friends like I own people. All right, Morgan, you're my property. You are now friends with Corinne. Y'all know I don't own people. I can't give you a friend. Come on, right? Some, I, you have no idea the stuff we get asked as pastors, right? People be like, okay, pastor, I need a friend. Could you get me a friend? I'm like, wait, and I don't need, they, nope, they're too gone. They're going for it. They're like, I need a friend, but I can only meet them on the second Thursday of every month from 7 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Okay, I'll find that one person in America that can fit that calendar. <clears throat> pastor, my current friend, Paul, isn't diverse enough, so if they could please not be white. I'd prefer they're shorter than me. That would be really good. Preferably not too good looking. I don't want people to think that I'm their duff. If you've seen Mean Girls, <laughs> you know what a duff is. Designated ugly fat friend. It's not nice. But I don't want them to be too ugly because I don't want people... <laughs> I don't want them to be too ugly because I don't want people to think I can't hang out with good-looking people. Oh, and if they could please be between 20 and 25, single would be better. No, actually, they have to be single. I don't want them to have kids. Kids are the worst. They get in the way. I asked them if they can hang out that one time every month, and they're like, oh, my kid's sick. Can you please do that for me, Pastor Laura? Can you find that friend for me? Surely that person exists somewhere in this church. Mrs. Anointed to give everybody friends of all. Right? Y'all think I'm joking? Pastors in the room, hands up if I'm not even joking, right? Like we get asked to do the weirdest things, right? Like I'm sorry, I don't own these people. Right? Oh, pastor, I forgot. They also need to be an Armenian Christian. I can't be friends with one of those Calvinists. 
Oh, and they need to have a job because I ain't paying every time we hang out. I'll go broke on the second Thursday of every month from 7 p.m. to 7.45. Okay, have them at my house tomorrow. Right, we, 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 legit, get, we legit get stuff like that. You know why we don't run connect groups here at Eternity Church? Why we don't administer connect groups anymore? Because I freaking hate it. Like, the worst job in the world is the pastor of connect groups, right? Hey, you want a job? Your job is to administer friendship. But you got to tick all these stupid boxes to make it work. This guy wants to study the Bible at 5 a.m. on the second Wednesday of every month on the south side. But we could only find one other guy that wants to study it at 5 a.m. on the second Wednesday of every month. And he wants to do it in Ankeny. It sucks. I hate it. The worst thing I've ever tried to do in my life is administer people's friendships. You, you can do it, though. What, when did the world think you need the pastor's permission to make a friend and read the Bible together? You don't need my permission or affirmation to be friends with somebody and read the Bible with them. Come on. You don't need me to do that for you. Hello. Now, you might be like, well, what can we study together? Well, ask Pastor Laura. We will have resources. We do have resources, and she has them, and she loves to give people the resources to study the Word of God together. Amen? Now, we do run Bible studies here, by the way, and classes, right? They run for eight weeks. And if by the end of that eight weeks you don't like them, guess what? You weren't going to like them after a year. But you can still respect each other and pray for each other and encourage each other. Can I get an amen? That's a good word. Come on. Y'all know it, right? You think I'm joking, right? One day I met for lunch with a person who was new to our church. And it was back when Lauren and I would meet with every single new person that came here. And that ended up running out of time. Um, And we would do that every week. And there's one person, they're still here and they know who they are and they've given me permission to say this because it's really funny. Um, They told me how they attended their last few churches and uh, for a couple of years each and never had a single friend in any one of them. And I was like, wait, stop. Hey, you're not going to have any friends here either. No, I for real told them that. Because if you didn't have friends in the last church and a church before that and the church before that and the church before that, you ain't going to have friends here either unless you do something different. Because that wasn't working, right? Kind of like that person who they, they have five bosses in a row and after every time they quit, that boss was a tyrant. Next job. That boss was a tyrant. Next job. That boss was a tyrant. Next job. That boss was a tyrant. I'm like, nah, you just suck as an employee. After five jobs in a row, right? <clears throat> like sometimes you're the common denominator, you know, and, and that's okay, grace upon grace upon grace, right? But what are we going to do now, right? What are we going to do now, right? It doesn't have to be the same because though you may be the common denominator, you also have the power to do it different now, amen? You also, can, you also have this free will. Free will doesn't just give you the ability to sin. It gives you the ability to make positive changes in your life. Amen. So what are we going to do now? We've got to do it a little bit different. Amen. Every one of you, every one of you is designed. Every one of you is designed to have 
friends. You need friends. You will function better with friends in your life. Amen. See, but here's the thing. When you stand in the church lobby and you look at all these people being friends with each other and you're judging them because they ain't talking to me. Listen, the attitude on your face is probably not super welcoming right now. Right? Now, I will encourage and do encourage all of us in the room to look for people who look sad, look lonely, look like they need a friend. Please be that person. Right? Please be that person, okay? Please notice, please ask the Holy Spirit to help you notice people. And if your eyes meet someone else's eyes, go say hello. Go introduce yourself, right? Please be that person. But on the, on the flip side of that, if you look like, if you're standing there and you're, nobody wants to talk to me. You look like a serial killer looking for the next victim to stab. Wondering why nobody's talking to you. I'll tell you why. Self-preservation. Because we're designed to not want to hang out with serial killers. When you look like one, everybody's like, (laughs) come on. So this is a really brutally honest message, isn't it? Right? Right? But this is good for you. All right? The reason you go through five churches is because nobody told you this. Nobody told you that that you can do this, that, that your friendships and relationships are your responsibility, amen? Come on, you don't want to have a face painting a picture that says, get out of my life. Look at those people over there being friendly with everybody except for me. Look, I know you might be a weirdo. Me too. <clears throat> Some people are like, well, I'm just weird, so I don't have friends. Look, I'm weird and I've got friends, all right? Like, uh, when I, yeah, come on, we're weird. We got friends. Listen, when I was in school, I was not cool. I'm still not cool. But I've got friends. Did you know, and I don't say this to boast, but I'm friends with some of the most famous preachers and pastors in the world. Why? Because I was like, you're going to be my friend. Like, not like a stalker, not like, like, but I'm like, but we're going to be friends. You, you and me, we're going to be friends. And, and, and I'd say things like, hey, like, uh, can we have coffee? And they're like, Jesse, I'm never in Des Moines. I'm like, well, where are you going to be next Thursday? Because I'll get on a plane and come to you. Because I know that to pastor this church, I need friends. I need people that hold my hands up, that pray for me. And I'll be, I'm willing, if, if I have to, I'll fly there every month to see you so you can pray for me. Because I need friends, amen? How do you, you think I'm joking? How do you think I became friends with Benny Perez and Wendy Perez and they're now on our eldership board at our church? They passed a mega churches, they passed a mega church in Vegas. How? I was like, I'm coming to Vegas for coffee. And that's what happened. How do you think we meet these people? You think I was sitting at a coffee shop one day and these pastors came over and said, Thus saith the Lord, we shall be friends. Didn't happen. They didn't have a clue who the heck I was or where on God's green earth Des Moines is. 
Y'all notice every time we have a guest speaker, they're like, I ain't ever been to Des Moines before. Nice potatoes. We're like, wrong state. Right? Every time. I know it's hard. Seriously, though, I do know it's harder for some people to make friends, right? <clears throat> Honestly, I wasn't super cool. Still not. I used to be weird. Still weird. I talk too much. Y'all know that? That's why I have to focus real hard to land a plane on time every service, right? You know, that's why I practice the sermon so I can land the thing. Like I talk too much. Sometimes I hang out with you and I'll talk so much I don't even know what you said. And you asked for the meeting. I walk away, I'm like, they, they, Jenna, did they need something from me? <laughs> Honestly, not great at even being a friend. I'm doing my best. But I am what I am, you know. And I'm weird. I, I, I laugh at inappropriate times. Like I, like, I laugh when things are awkward. I start to laugh. Or when things are sad, I start to laugh. Like, I laughed at Grandpa's funeral. Like, he was my favorite person on the planet. My favorite dude. I loved him more than anybody else. And they're doing this thing, and I'm laughing at my Grandpa's funeral. Like, not like, like, but... Like, I'm trying not to laugh. I didn't think it was funny. But the thing is, I'm not a big crier. And so my emotions, they're like, well, we coming out. <laughs> and that's how they came out, right? Like, I does anyone else do that? Any other weirdos that, like, laugh when you're supposed to cry instead? You know, probably had a weird childhood like me and you didn't learn how to cry properly. So your, your emotions are like, well, we got to get out of here somehow. So this will do, you know. Like, I ain't even joking. Like, if I start a fight with my wife, well, realistically, when she starts a fight with me, right, she'll be, like, telling me the things that I did wrong. And honestly, they won't be, like, things I shouldn't know. They're, like, you're a moron. You know this is dumb, you know. And she'll be telling me that. And I'm, like, <laughs> part of it is because she's cute and she's angry, right? But also, like, I just start laughing at her. And, and, and y'all know if, if you're angry at someone and then they laugh at you, it does, definitely doesn't calm the situation down. That's not a de-escalation tool that God gave me. No, that's not what that is. Like, I don't know what it is, but, but then she's like really mad. And then she's got a knife. And I'm like, baby, no. And then, then I'm just like, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm laughing, baby. I'm sorry. It's not funny. I genuinely, I promise, I do not think it's funny that you fell down the stairs. I promise. I, I promise I don't think it's funny. I'm going to walk away. I, I will text you, and I will use the cry emoji. Because the cry emoji don't lie. Come on, anybody else know what I'm talking about? Like, I cry in movies, but, but that's fine. I cried last night watching a video about this cop buying gloves and a hat for a woman who tried to steal them. And, and I'm like, Ugh. but when I'm in it, I'm like, <laughs> just laughing at people. But I got friends. But I've got friends. I talk too much. I laugh when I should cry. I'm so skinny, I've got to run around in a shower just to get wet by the streams. Or they go both sides. Like, but I've got friends. See, now some of those people, they're sure, I know they're just friends with me purely because they're intrigued by how a weirdo like that could actually have a semi-successful life. And they're using me as a case study. But whatever, they're my friends, you know? Everybody needs a friend. 
Could you stand up with me, church? You need friends. Cool people need friends. Uncool people need friends. Weird people like me need friends. We all need friends. You deserve friends. You're worth having friends. You're worth being friends with. Seriously, you're worth being friends with. You know that? You're not so jacked up that you don't deserve to have friends. You're worth it. You may have done the dumbest things in your life and you're still worth being friends with. Come on. Not only do you need friends, but someone needs you to be their friend. Some of us are so busy waiting for a friend to make us. God's telling you today, stop waiting for a friend to make you and go and make a friend. Because that person needs you. They may look like they've got their life together more than you, but you don't know what they need in their hearts. And can I tell you, just because they've got a good job, great cash and good looking kids, does not mean that they've got their life together. Or does not mean that they don't have any drama in their life, that they need a friend to lean on. And rich people don't only need rich people to lean on. And poor people don't only need poor people to lean on. People need people. People need righteous people to lean on. Somebody needs you. Well, thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, be sure to check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, please visit